Thank you all so much for checking out the Darren Yates podcast. Make sure you follow my YouTube page, my Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. I want to hear from all of you. I want to hear your stories. I want to help all I can. God bless. Love you. Let's talk soon. She wasn't going to bang some guy with me in the, the room. She's on the fucking rag, man. I hear. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh God. She's running out, screaming, Darren, go get my money. She would freebase heroin. I see a cop just pull around real slow, and I'm in the back seat. I kind of wave to him. The cop's like, what are you doing here? I'm from Granite City, Illinois. It's a little town in southern Illinois, right across the river from St. Louis, Missouri. I was uh, in my first garage band when I was 16. I knew this is what I wanted to do. Music was my jam, performing, being in front of crowds, the whole camaraderie with the band members and writing and all that stuff. So my parents made a bet with me. If I get my college degree, they will help me get to California. Now, they'd heard me talking about for two or three years now, go to one year of school somewhere in Illinois. And then if you still want to get out to California that bad, we'll help you. So halfway through that first year at Illinois State, after that first semester, I came home in tears. I was just like, oh my gosh, I have to go to California. I have to pursue what I I am passionate about. And I was 19 years old. My parents helped me get out there. God love them. So I enrolled in San Diego Mesa College. I had just turned 20 by the time I moved out there. You know, I was about an hour and a half, two hours south of LA. I didn't want to dive into the heart of LA. I wanted to kind of ease my way into it. San Diego seemed like a great choice. I had a friend out there who later disowned me because I looked like Sebastian Bach and he was like Mr. You know, Kurt Cobain out there, all of his surfer stuff. But that's another story. So I went to San Diego Mesa College for about a year and a half. I met a guy in one of my music classes at Mesa who had long hair like me. My dad told me, as soon as you graduate high school, you can grow it to your ass and wipe your ass with it if you want. Well, you know what? After I graduated, I didn't touch my hair for years. So yeah, I had real long hair. His name was Michael, I think. He got me a fake ID. We looked kind of similar. We had both had long, blonder, brown hair. So he went and actually told the DMV that he lost his license. He got a new one. He gave me his old one. I got into bars when I was 20 in San Diego. It was awesome. So I did the music thing. I got into a couple bands down there, having some fun. Uh, the band was called Silent Dream, actually. And I had another band that I was I kind of played around with or had a cup of coffee with. It was my old roommate Dave, his band, Tom, those two guys had a band. And I was too wet behind the ears to be their singer, although I was crazy enough. I was just kind of finding my way, you know, I was 20 years old. After a year and a half, I needed to transfer to a different school because, you know, I went to community college in San Diego. Mesa's a community college. So I started looking up in L.A. Cal Poly Pomona was the school that I ended up choosing about an hour east of L.A. So I went to Cal Poly, graduated. My parents were like, well, what are you going to do? You've been out there for a while. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got my degree. I'm just getting started now. So I moved to the heart of L.A., Studio City. Helped a band there. Moved to Marina Del Rey. Got in a band, Smacker Jack. You guys have heard me talk about it. You know, my, my boys in Smacker Jack. So I worked at K-Rock Radio. That was my first firing. That's a whole nother story. Whole nother show. I was in a Studio City house right off Laurel Canyon. There was an actor, a couple musicians there. We had a blast, parties. I was their roadie. I was doing some demos on the side, kind of, you know, feeling my way. And then at the Marina Del Rey house, I started looking for a band. I said, well, it's time for me. I've been studying kind of some people, hanging out with those guys. I know the scene a little bit. People know me. People like me. It's time for me to get my thing going. So I put an ad out and I met this guy, Evan. And we partied it up in Smackerjack like, oh my gosh. I mean, everything that I could imagine doing in a band out in L.A., we did it and then some. 
it was absolutely incredible. The stuff we did and the stories and the fights and the stuff we did for extra cash. We started doing Ear Candy, then Smacker Jack. At that point, we had been in the Marine Dead Ray House partying. I mean, people knew if we played a gig, no matter what day it was, no matter where it was, if it was in Hollywood or Long Beach or wherever, the West Side, it didn't matter. If Smacker Jack played, there was a party at the house afterwards. And so we partied our brains out, had the cops called us at four or five in the morning plenty of times. So several years in living in the Smacker Pad, I got my own place in Venice Beach. I'd had roommates now for a long time, so it was time for me to do my own thing, get my own apartment. So I found a killer little apartment right off Venice Boulevard. So I'd worked at labels and all kinds of things, different odds and end jobs whenever I was living at the Smacker Pad doing Smacker Jack. But when I moved to Venice Beach, you know, I had to pay a little bit more. So I, I had to get like a real job and, and stick with it. So I started getting into substitute teaching. You know, my mom and dad are both teachers, but it took a while for it to for it to come through. You know, you had to go through all kinds of testing and background checks and fingerprinting. And so you had to go through all kinds of stuff to get your sub certificate or whatever they called it. In the meantime, while I was trying to figure out what to do until I started subbing, because subbing, you make pretty good money out in LA. I was in the Santa Monica Malibu district, so they paid their subs. Sometimes you can make a couple hundred bucks a day, but I needed something in the meantime. So I was talking to a friend in San Diego. I think it was Rob. He's like, dude, you're in LA, man. It's where all the call girls are. Work with them somehow. Be be their pimp. Be their security. Be their driver. So I'm like, okay, pimp, probably not. Security, probably not. I'm 5'9". On my tippy toes, I'm 5'10". Anyway, so I thought, a driver? Interesting. That night, I went and got an LA Weekly. It's the free paper in LA, the LA Weekly. It comes out every Thursday or whatever. You know, in most of the weekly papers around around the country, there's a certain amount of massage things in the back or call girls. You know, maybe two or three. In LA, the LA Weekly, there's pages and pages and pages of call girls or whatever you want to call them. It's crazy. So I sat down one night and I just called them all. I called all of them. I called probably about a hundred of them over two or three hours. And most of them, you know, would hang up. They thought I was a sting operation or thought I was an undercover cop or, or they could tell that, you know, I wasn't loaded or whatever. But there were two or three. I played the numbers game. I think it was like three or four girls that were like, you know what? Wow, that sounds kind of interesting. I, I would like to have someone that I could, you know, kind of trust and drive me around and blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, oh my gosh, cool. They're like, well, what do you charge? I was like, uh, 50 bucks the first ride and... 35 each additional ones. I just thought real fast. Like, okay, cool. When can you meet? You know, to make sure we vibe and make sure you're real and everything. So I ended up meeting these freaking call girls in West Hollywood, Hollywood. Uh, most of them were in Hollywood or West Hollywood. I think there's one or two in the South Bay. Actually, yeah. The main one I started working with was Tammy. She was in Hermosa Beach and she was an aspiring attorney. All she wanted to do was just make some extra cash, a bunch of cash so that she could pay for her law school. So she was one of them. I got another one that I started working with. I'd pick her up either at their house, their apartment, or a lot of times they were at a hotel. Just all these places. It was crazy. In West LA, Century City, Beverly Hills. It was insane. And I'm like this guy, this musician, you know, in Smacker Jack, just driving these girls around. I'm just trying to, you know, live my dream and rock and roll. And I definitely was. And here I was driving around these call girls or strippers or whores, whatever you want to call them. I don't know. But here's the thing. That's why they liked me because I didn't ask them any questions. I didn't try to hit on them. They didn't get any questions coming from me all the time. They were they totally trusted me because I wanted that money because sometimes I'd take a girl on four or five trips. I'd play my guitar in the back of my Jeep Cherokee, 
the box style Jeep, the last one they made in 01 or whatever. So I would sit in the back of my Jeep Cherokee and play guitar and write songs and just, and back then they had pagers. So as soon as the, the girl was done, she'd just page me and I would go pick her up. And so if I did five trips, whatever the math is, what, 35 times four, what is that, 100, 140, right? And then the 50 initially. So I can make 190 bucks. And that was going to be in addition to my subbing. If I made a couple hundred bucks subbing in the day and then at night I can make a couple hundred bucks, that was going to be a really good day. So I was going to make some good money. So I was kind of excited about it. So yeah, so I had Tammy. I drove Tammy just a couple times. She was more of the high end. You know, she was really hot. I couldn't believe someone that hot going through law school would be doing this kind of thing. Later on, I found out more of what she did. Wait for that later. I forgot her name. There's a second one I, I became friends with and I, I helped her out a lot. So her and Tammy were the ones I, I worked with the most. And the second one I liked, she would freaking free base heroin, I think. She'd get out a little black nugget put it on some foil, light the foil, and the smoke that rose up, she would like huff it. And I assumed that was freebasing heroin, I think. I don't even know what exactly she was doing. But she asked me, I was driving, you know, we're, I never forget it, we were driving over the 405 going from West LA into the valley. Sherman Oaks right there, Van Nuys. And she says, hey, sweetie, you want any? I looked over at it, and I'm like, is that a meatball? What is going on here? Is that a, is that pot? I said, you know what? No, I'm, I'm trying to cut back. I've been doing w way too much lately. <laughs> so, okay, I got you. I got you. I said, plus I'm driving. I want to be cool. I don't want to be all cracked out when I drive. Now, this is how she fired me. This is how the second one fired me. But check this out. I think I have a little bit of a point here. Okay, I drove her, dropped her off, off Mulholland in the Hollywood Hills. She did her thing. She waved. I left. I parked somewhere, wherever I found a spot. Started doing my thing. Locked the door. Get my guitar out. Started playing guitar, playing songs, waiting for her to page me. One night, the pager goes off. I go to pick her up, and I pull up to the guy's house. She's running out, screaming, Darren, go get my money, get my money. And the guy comes walking out, and he's an older guy, you know, and he was a st stocky guy, but he seemed like a good, a good dude. And so I'm like, why? He's not paying me. And then he yells, she's on the fucking rag, man. I'm not going to pay for that. <laughs> so I looked at him, looked at her. I'm like, he's got a point. Are you on the rag? And so she got so mad at me. I'm not going to take this guy. I'm not going to go there and fight this guy or try to get this guy's money when he tried to pay for a service and you were a certain way that wasn't going to be the service he paid for. No, that's not cool. Now, if she would have said something like, he stole money from me, I don't know what I would have done. I was so thankful that it was something where I could go with the guy and not get hurt. So it was an awkward ride back to her place. And I never heard from her again. So then I lost her. A couple of other girls were flaking out. Like I said, Tammy only did it every now and then. So I was trying to figure out what to do. So I started talking to Tammy one night and I was telling her my situation. I said, do you know any girls? Do you know anybody? I don't want to call everybody again, you know? So anyway, she, we know, she's like, I have an idea. Why don't I do in-call at your place and tell them that you're my nephew? You're away for college or something. And I'll turn the light on, this porch light, my apartment in Venice Beach. If you come home from work or whatever you got to do and the light's on, that means I have a client. By this time, I started subbing. So I came home. I look at my apartment. It was pretty busy on Venice Boulevard. So I could park across the street and just park there if I saw the light on and wait for the light to go off. I'd see some guy come out, hop in a Beamer or a Jaguar, or Mercedes or Lexus or whatever, some business guy, you know, just doing a little little uh, happy ending for lunch. He would leave and then I'd see the light go off. So I'd pull around and go in and she'd have my cash for me and she always cleaned up and, you know, I never asked what she did. I don't, I don't know what she did. Well, I think I have an idea of what she did. Check this out. One time I go into my apartment and the guy knocks on the door. He was late. It was a no-show, she thought, but he shows up like two hours late or whatever 
it was. He said, Darren, you gotta go hide in your room. Just don't make a sound. And so I run to my room, blocked the door, I put a lock on it, and I stood there. Hear the guy come in. You know, it's all hardwood floors. I hear his shoes, and they're talking. And I'm so freaking nervous. Make sure my page was silent. I just sat there in my bed. You know, I didn't want to fall asleep. I thought I might start snoring or something. But here's the thing. Check it out. I had a little AC unit in my in my room, and there was a little bit of a hole where I could see through. I could see through the unit, to see through the wall, and see what was happening in the other room. Now I could only see a little, you know, a little, a little bit, a certain amount of feet or whatever. But I saw her massage table. I saw the guy laying there. He had a towel on at first. Then he was naked. She's all dressed, all hot. I'm like, oh my god, this is this is so horrible and awesome and so LA. My friends back home would be proud of me. Look at this. What am I? What is happening right now? But I'm still nervous, guy. I, I don't want to get busted or caught. Toward the end of his massage, I hear him. Oh, oh. Oh, and he's like, oh, baby, please, can I do more than just this? I'll pay you 200 bucks if we could just have a, a little head or, or if you can sit on it. And Tammy's like, no, honey, you know I only do this. This is all I do. You know that. I don't know why you even ask me. It didn't sound like a thing that she would just say because she knew I was there. She wasn't going to bang some guy with me in the, the room. But the way she said it and the way he responded, it seemed like that that was for real. So I don't think Tammy did anything except massage, get naked or whatever. He was naked and the, the hand job at the end. But I remember uh, when she denied that, and I hear Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's so crazy it's so weird anyway he pays her he leaves she comes knocks on the door said okay you're good paid me paid me some more money right then because he showed up i mean it was just it was just a crazy awesome thing i mean i had an in-call girl we had a little system down she would do her thing with the massage table there in my place i felt better that she wasn't banging guys it was just handies and massage now we ended up kind of parting ways she i think met a guy and started getting busy with him then she started law school at some point i kind of had my fill i did it for probably about a year but it was a win-win i was getting paid they were getting paid the guys were getting what they wanted there's one more thing that happened here i forgot about this most of the the jobs were at houses but there were a few here that were uh, at apartments and then a couple were at a hotel which is always weird most of those girls avoid hotels you know that's where you, usually they have stings and stuff one night I drop off one of the other girls not the two I talked about some other girl I forgot what her name was she went into the hotel you know I just parked kind of away got my guitar out started doing my thing next thing I know I see it was about a half hour later I see a cop just pull around real slow He's going to each car, kind of shine his light in real slow, and he comes right to me. He comes right at me, like like perpendicular, and just stops and comes or gets out and starts coming over to me. And I'm in the back seat. He's like, what's this guy doing? I kind of wave to him. The cop's like, what are you doing here? I said, oh, sir, I have a friend that's meeting a friend up there, and I'm just playing my guitar, waiting for her. You know, I'm kind of a friend of hers and just hanging out. He's like, don't bullshit me, man. He's like, what are you doing here? He's like, if, you, if you're honest, it's going to be a lot easier. And I just started being totally truthful. I said, man, I'm a rock singer. I play gigs here. I'm from Illinois. You know, I went to college here. This is a girl that pays me to take her places. I don't even know what she does. All I know is that she pays me money. She gets out and I pick her up. I don't know what goes on. I have nothing to do with that. At first, they didn't believe me. They thought that I was this badass pimp. <laughs> this guy pretending to be a college student, a, a, a musician. But they found out real quick that no, he's no pimp. They believe me, I was just the driver. She came back. It was all this big to-do, big drama. And she even said, he has nothing to do with it. He's just my driver. They took her somewhere and I left. That was freaky. I mean, who knows what could happen there. But that was a little little crazy. I think after the bus, that was that was toward the end where I thought, you know what? I should probably stop doing that. The cop even said, he's like, man, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, don't do this crap. There are so many other ways to make extra cash. He's like, go be a waiter. These 
these girls were hot. I didn't hit on them. I watched one of them give a handy. I mean, it was it was a cool experience. Thank you guys for checking out my first installment of Darren's LA Stories. Many more coming, I promise you. All right, guys, thank you. Yeah, I was thinking of something I didn't say when I was on the mic, but uh, I remember after Tammy would leave, I would always Febreze stuff, and if there's anything weird, like any kind of liquid somewhere or anything that looked like a smear of anything I would spray it down and wipe it off so and she did as well so and these end call jobs because Tammy was so hot and everything and so cool she could charge more she took care of me you know Tammy took care of me it was a lot more than 50 and 35 I mean she, she was making five six seven hundred per one so she would give me a couple hundred bucks for one or two of them it's awesome it was awesome man Tapping into this side of me, I love it. I can't be in this moment or this mode all day long, every day. I gotta find a way to tap into it. <laughs> I went and got my Venice Beach shirt on. All right, all right. Do I wait for the uh, screensaver to come on? Or is that distracting? If it isn't on, then it pops on. It comes on like two minutes, so we'll wait for that to come on. All right, guys, this is fun. I am excited, guys. This is cool. Who cares about the screensaver? Thank you all so much for checking out the Darren Yates podcast. Make sure you follow my YouTube page, my Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. I want to hear from all of you. I want to hear your stories. I want to help all I can. God bless. Love you. Let's talk soon.